Hello, welcome to Perfect Guard Podcast. Uh, this is episode five, I think, in our four in our deck four. building spectacle. Well, tech. Well, four. technically episode five, but it's yeah. We'll just lump the the last one into two, uh, or into one. The last two into one. There we go. That's the thing. Uh, <laughs> that was a train wreck. Um, we are doing flesh and blood today, right, Andy? Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, that's that's what that's what I've prepared for. So if you want to talk about <laughs> something else, that's gonna be awkward, bad, bad. So okay, so a couple of things. Uh, first things first, we have a guest with us today again. Uh, everybody seems to be taken pretty kindly uh, to the guest. They seem to you guys seem to be liking that. Mm-hmm. At least that's the feedback I'm getting. So if you if we can keep doing this sort of thing, it won't be every episode, but it'll be. We can figure something out for sure. Uh, anyway, our guest today is Justin. Who? Uh, hi, guys. Oh, oh uh, hi. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> uh, so, Justin, why don't you tell us a little bit about why why you're so special that you get to come on, huh? Well, uh, I guess Andy, you decided that I was worthy to come on because I played this game for like 30 minutes. Uh, <laughs> and somehow... By the grace of whatever deity you, you know we worship, I was able to make it to nationals. Yeah, so Justin was like one of the first people in the Cincinnati area that started playing Flesh and Blood, I think. Um, and this is before I, I had even caught ear of the game, uh, really at the local level. So, uh, Justin, you said when did you start? When did you actually start playing Flesh and Blood? How did you get into the game? So, I mean, during the pandemic, obviously, just like everybody, I mean, we were super bored. Um, I was bouncing around to multiple games, uh, playing with my one of my buddies, uh, Mike. He owns a shop called We Buy Games in Amelia, Ohio. It's awesome. If you're in the area, check it out. Uh, <clears throat> and so Magic wasn't really doing it for me. I mean, they weren't allowing any real play anyways, because obviously the pandemic. So he introduced me into old school Pokemon which mm-hmm. is super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, then I guess one of his employees named uh, Cole also, uh, he... Different Cole. Yeah, yeah, different, different Cole. Cole. Different Cole. Cole. Not, as good as, not as good as this Cole, but he works. <laughs> um, so he forced Mike into basically carrying the product. He thought it would be a good idea. Um, walked in the store one day just to you know, shoot the crap with Mike. And he had blitz decks of the of you know of this game, and he's like, "Oh man, you should just come play this." So, <clears throat> as a Magic player, I was real kind of not into it. I didn't really want to start a new game too much, uh, just because you know some of these games are like fly by night. Uh, mm-hmm. At least oh, in yeah. my opinion. Oh yeah. I mean, there was uh, one recently. Keyforge, I think, and then I was like, I Mike was really into that. He wanted me to get into it, and I just didn't like the, you know, the non deck building. Yeah, of that deck game. I'm with you. I, I no, no disrespect to my Keyforge players. I hate Keyforge. <laughs> I do not like Keyforge at all. Uh, but that's that's another topic for another time. We could do a whole show about how much I dislike Keyforge. Anyway, oh, so you it. walk in, you see the, <laughs> yeah, I know, you see these blitz decks. They they shove one down your throat basically, and. It's 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 kismet. You like did you did it, did it take did did you take to it right away or did it take 
I, I don't know. I, I've, I've found, at least for me and everybody that I've shown the game, generally you get demoed the game once and they, like, people love it right away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And well, and I mean that's so that exactly. The case? Oh, sorry, yeah. So that exa- that's exactly what happened to me. Uh, he played, and I want to say he started up. I mean, he played a a chain, uh, and I don't think it was a, a blitz deck for him. Um, I mean, it was a blitz deck, but it wasn't like one of the precons. He took like, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we started off with chain. Um, my Mike did start off chain, and he uh, just had a blitz deck that he had put together. He took out all the equipment. He gave me the Blitz. Uh, oh, what's his name? I, this is how much I see him. Uh, Bolton. 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 And he's like, okay, yeah, here are the rules. I'll, we'll go step by step. And I loved it. I mean, it was different enough from what I was used to with Magic. I mean, and kept my interest. And I'm like, oh, cool. You know, now what we've done like a you know a partial game, I'd like to do a full one. Which I, I think that's kind of jumping in head first, but. I'm that type of person, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this game, it, it seems to have that effect on people, especially Magic players. Um, really kind of the first time they play, you're like, all right, well, what do I have to do to play this game for real? So so, so that was during Monarch, then, if the if the Blitz decks were out, the pre-con Blitz decks. Correct, yeah. That, I mean, yeah, that was during Monarch. Um I think that was the only product that he had. He didn't have full boxes. And uh, I'm like, I'm one of those people, like, I I'll go, I go big, you know, or go home. So <laughs> yeah, if I want to play, I'm going to play. I'm going to buy as much as product as possible. Uh, I didn't know quite the values of the cards. I, you know, coming from Magic, which the game could be extremely expensive, even mm-hmm. something as simple as, like, Standard, which is, like, the most basis of basic of like constructed format um can you know range four or five hundred dollars and then when he told me some of the equipment you know were you know one two hundred dollars but that was the base being like the most of the cost i was like well i'm in i'm in fully on this game yeah and, and that's i want to talk about that just for a second before we jump too much into our, our our deep dive about nationals here that's that's a big thing about this game that i feel like people don't realize people look at this game from the outside and they see Arcanite Skull Cup and Final Spring Tunic, right? And they go, well, I can't afford to play that game. Mm-hmm. But that's... But, like, my guy, you just need one. And that's all you need, ever. Unless you're an idiot like me and share a collection with your girlfriend and you need two of everything. But uh, <laughs> you only need one. So it's it's no more of a, an investment to buy a Final Spring Tunic than it is to buy a playset of Scalding Tarns for for your modern deck mm-hmm. for Magic. Right, and it's just like, I mean, like, in normal, you know, uh, like, any type of consumer, you know, issue with life, it's like, we, we'd rather spend $5 ten times than, you know, $50 once. Right, yeah. You know, one, 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 you know, one, one get-go. Yeah, absolutely. Not you, though. No, not me. I mean, I'll buy, I'll <laughs> spend yeah, as many increments of five or, you know, 50, what does, whatever have you. But... Yeah, you know that that equipment cost seems to scare people away, and it, I mean, it really is. It's not that big of an issue, in my opinion. I mean, it's easy for me to say, obviously, but you know, when you're buying, you know, say I just, well, we just started playing Pokemon. Yeah. You know, buying Umbreon V's were close to forty dollars a piece. I mean, you you need two, three of those. I mean, that's a piece of equipment right there, and then you have. 
the other meat and potatoes of your deck, and that's you know you're spending twenty to thirty dollars potentially. I mean, even less total. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's scary for a, for a lot of people. Just like that that one initial cost. Yeah, and that's the thing, and that's what I've been trying to tell people. One, it's just it's it's a one and done expense to buy those big those big boy equipments and play the game. You know, play the game without them at first. And you that's definitely yeah, it's definitely a, a you know a viable strategy. I mean, there's I mean, there's multiple decks where in their sideboard they're running you know Ironhide Helm you know the, the, you know for, for more aggroy matchups. Uh, uh, interesting thing I thought it was awesome is I, I was just looking at some deck lists and Italy just had their nationals not too long ago, uh, and Kano won and constructed, which is awesome. Granted, I mean there was 48 players. <laughs> But Kano still though that, you know that's a fifty that's a fifty man tournament right but it's as a headpiece it's running Ragamuffin's hat which is really you know, from this newest set as yeah, a common yeah. card so you don't have to have the busted equipment to to win um it d- definitely will help you do a yes. lot better but you know at its local level you don't need it it's fine absolutely so if you neg that out I mean you're spending fifty dollars for a deck. I mean, if you're getting some of the more higher, like, uh, sought-after Majestics, you might be looking at a couple hundred dollars, but, I mean, that's it. Even then, that Kano deck was probably, like, a dollar for the, for oh, the yeah. whole oh, thing. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so you can win a tournament with uh, with a very... I mean, Kano is budget as it is. His, his equipments are not as expensive as everybody else's equipments. He's, like, kind of a meme, and the people that play him... I've found that there's two types of Kano players: people that take it way too seriously, and people that are just like in it for the joke. Uh, and the people that are in it for the joke are usually pretty good at it. Uh, pretty good at pretty good at piloting Kano because he could be he could be tricky. I got my I've never played against Kano before, and I actually got destroyed twice uh, Saturday. Uh, yeah, if you don't know what's going on, you're gonna blink and then you're dead. Yeah, and I I got two turns in on both games. And uh, that was it. That was those were my two rounds, <laughs> and that's all that happened. I I didn't even know what happened. Like, I didn't have enough guard to to block all the uh, the arcane shield or arcane damage coming in, and just he did stuff on my turn, which was really obnoxious. It was just is rough. Yeah, and for those of you know those people that don't know, I mean Kano is effectively a burn deck from Magic the Gathering. I mean, you're gonna do as much direct damage to the you know the player as possible in order to reduce his life total to zero. Um, and I mean, it's the only like I think the only real deck that plays on mostly on the opponent's turn for flesh and blood, which is awesome. Um, it's very unique. But that so that I'm gonna touch upon that a little bit because like <clears throat> at heart, I mean, and Andy knows this. I'm a control player. I I loved how Kano worked, and I but. It just didn't get that that itch for me. I and I think with them printing of these cards such as Blizzard, um, and then I believe in Crucible War they had uh, Aetherize. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like they're trying out these cards that are going to allow you to play on your opponent's turn to kind of like give them denial of resources, which is in essence, I mean, that's what a control deck needs, and I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh... The archetypes for the game are—they're are, not narrow, but we—we we really just got our first real control decks in Ice Lexi and Oldham, 
right? Yeah. And, and the game went for a long time where the, I guess, the quote-unquote control deck was Bravo, uh, but really all that he was doing to control the board was making sure you couldn't block. Like, it was, it was kind of a, a weird type of uh, tempo more than control, but I'm glad they're exploring archetypes. They're not afraid to print things like Blizzard. You know, Blizzard's a super good card, and I hope we get more stuff like that in the future. Mm-hmm. Right, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely my hope. So on the topic of Nationals, you you went to Nationals, and you didn't, so there's this, this was the first national tournament for America where the game was really popular. Correct. And there was this cute little thing that a lot of people did that, where they didn't qualify through a Road to Nationals event. They just qualified on points, because there weren't enough people playing to mitigate the amount of points that were being handed out for these uh for for armory events and stuff like that. So I don't, I don't think that's going to be a viable option in the future to get as many people in as it did for nationals this year. Uh but you did it the old fashioned way. You went to a road to nats, right? Yeah, yeah, I went to a road to nats. I had I had <laughs> played the game with uh again my buddy Mike. Um I mean, it was no more than 2 to 3 weeks. Uh, we started off playing Blitz. I built Azalea and Blitz because I'm in Fantasy Tropes. I've always been like a, a Ranger, Archer type, you know, enjoyer. Me too. Yeah, see, too. I, I don't blame you there. Um, so I built Azalea, played against good old Chain, and didn't have the best of luck. Um, I mean, there were, there were games where, you know, I'd, I'd crush him, but uh, more often than not that I would just lose to the, you know, the slow arcane damage that it you know compiles uh he decided that he wanted to build a constructed deck because 40 life seemed a little bit more um enticing than having just 20 uh i don't know what made me choose the deck that i played i ended up building katsu i mean he looks like and it's one of my favorite computer games of all time he kind of looks like yasuo from league of Legends. so i was like we I'm all I'm all in on this. So I built Katsu. We tested a lot. So I I mean I literally just played Katsu versus Chain for you know tens of matches. Uh we went to a store down in Indiana uh called the Dragon's Realm. They had a good showing. It was about 40ish people. Uh so we had so it was either 7 or 8 rounds of Swiss. Swiss. Went undefeated. It uh, mainly went because I think for playtesting, your best experience is tournaments, uh, both local and like some of these like maybe more competitive tournaments that are that are smaller. Uh, so I oh, was like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I went there, went undefeated in Swiss. You know, beat my Prism opponent in the first round of top eight, and then got murdered by by chain opponent uh, that I beat earlier actually in Swiss and. Semifinals, and this was pre-banning of seeds. Correct. Yeah, this was pre-banning of seeds. Um, I, I believe, um, that was back in August, and then seeds got banned right before. Right before. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Right before seeds got banned, the week before Tales of Aria came out. Oh, maybe. So, yeah, yeah. Right. So October, because it was yes, in the same announcement as the Dusk Blade. Uh, Nonsense. Which that one I still don't understand. I'm yeah, not... it, it really seems like they were uh, 
they missed the mark on the Duskblade banning. I would I would be thrilled if any of my Runeblade opponents had a Duskblade instead of a Rosetta Thorn. Yeah, Rosetta Thorn. I mean, especially in Blitz. I mean, your life total is so low. Um, in the same ways you can you can win in Constructed with Briar, you can win in Blitz. I mean, just you don't have that that same density of cards, but uh, that chip damage is just it just becomes too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I honestly expect them here in the next set to have better options against Arcane. Yeah, we need something. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be cards with pitch that, you know, prevent, you know, just Arcane damage, or they're going to have... I mean, I, I, I can't tell you what to do. I'm not a card designer, but, I mean, they need something. I agree, and we'll get into that uh, in a little bit, about the whole, really, Briar. So, so you, quali- you take Cat through the top four, you qualify for Nationals. That's all fine and good. And the Nationals is not for several months. Correct. Yeah, and it, in, in that several months, Tales of Aria comes out. When you picked Katsu based on aesthetics and kind of learned to play him, how did your how did the, the release of Tales impact your decision on bringing the deck that you brought to the actual Nationals? Were you, were you worried about Briar? I mean, it was, what, like 70% Briar in, in Nationals? Um, so what, so, what's, talk, talk me through your deck choice for the actual tournament. Well, and I mean, in most games, it appears like it seems like what you know the most is the best to bring. Mm-hmm. Um, being used to your deck is going to have far better results than picking up something that you, you know, is, is like a meta destroyer or, or is, you know, currently top of the meta and you've only had a little bit of practice on. Um, well, with Katsu, I mean, in my local community, I mean, like local shop, there's not a lot of constructed opponents unfortunately there's not a lot of constructed tournaments uh blitz seems to be the most preferred um we did have a few constructed tournaments at the shop that i frequent we buy games um then uh, there's a gentleman that plays briar there Uh, i'm sure there's a lot more now but i always had a i mean i played a few games against it. i had a decent matchup against it uh i it was close always but i i had never lost so, I mean, that's so I was like, okay, well, if there's going to be a lot of Briar, I think it's going to be a lot of being real close, but I, I can pull it through. Okay, so you decide I'm going to stick with the deck that I played before. Did you make changes in your Katsu list between the, the release of Aria and the tournament after, after testing against Briar? Did you need to change stuff in, in, to, just to adjust to the meta? Uh, I didn't really need to make too many changes, honestly. Uh, the the deck is the decks. I mean, was pretty solid. Uh, Katsu before, actually before Vegas, I believe that. And you know, the whole before the whole chain banning. I think Katsu was like the the hero that was closest to legend status. Uh, so I was, you know, I was confident that you know I made a, I had a strong hero choice. Uh, I did add a null rune. Um, gloves, because, I mean, there are some games where I wasn't even using the uh, breaking scales. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, against a lot of these decks like Briar, they they need as many um, pieces as they can to, you know, to use. So you, your best way to beat them is just go wide and force them to, you know, put all the resources into blocking. Yeah, you gotta beat them at their own game, right? Right, right. So you gotta be faster. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Which is why I think Chain is so good right now. Yeah, Chain 
Chain is the closest thing to a magic deck as, you know, Flesh and Blood can get. I mean, it, <laughs> you play for, you get a free, I mean, you get free cards every turn. Mm-hmm. You know, if, they, if you are playing a chain game, a chain opponent late game, it's extremely frustrating because they block with their almost their whole hand. And, I mean, it was even more so awful when Seeds was around. But, you know, they can just block... You know, without any type of recourse, they just and then just use anything from their banished zone for shadow. I uh, start with blood debt. Yeah, absolutely. You just you block with your three cards. You keep a blue in your hand, and then on your turn, you just you pop off. It's great, uh, and you you can't do that as much now anymore because you're reliant on like your captain's calls and stuff like that. You need to keep more pieces in your hand to ensure the infinite go again. But it's uh the deck is not dead. That's for sure. No, it's not. Never was. <laughs> Alright, so I have a, a question. You talked about uh, Katsu being the hero probably closest to legendary status. What does that mean? Okay, so um, Legend Story Studios has a kind of a uh, um, a, pl- a like a safeguard in place, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, they have it so what it is, is they they count points for how many times a hero wins, you know, mm-hmm. some sort of bigger event. Yeah. Um, they will. So, and then once your hero, like that hero, gets to a certain amount of points, and I can't tell you offhand what it is. It's it's a lot, rather high number. Maybe, I think it's actually a thousand. Um, it's a okay. thousand points, and each win has a, you know, a point total that adds to it. Uh, and once that hero gets to that point total or exceeds it. Uh, they are retired, so they will be no longer usable for uh, whatever format that you know they've reached legend status in. And a functional reprint of the hero will be will be created. So it doesn't have to be the same like hero, but same class. Um, so say chain reached legend status, it'd be another shadow rune blade. Oh, hero. just not just not chain then. Correct, just to make it a little bit more fair, because you know, showing that they've they've won all these tournaments, they don't want you know any certain deck becoming too powerful and just taking over. That's a pretty interesting way to to kind of uh, keep that in check. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good idea, honestly. I mean, uh, I wish they would do that with other games. Like, I, I you know, I played Magic: The Gathering for. Phew, Let's see, I'm 30 now, so 16 years. Mm. And, I mean, there have been many times throughout my, you know, history, my modern playing history or standard playing history where I, you know, wish that they would do something sooner about certain cards um, or certain decks in the in the meta that, mm-hmm. I mean, you see top eight, six, six to seven copies of said deck in there. Yep. Yeah, that always feels weird to me. I, uh, not, not to take the, the topic away from from uh flesh and blood but i really like the way that uh pokemon kind of does their their rotating uh format um especially for like new players at the bottom starting with the sword and shield block they've got a rotation uh symbol or number basically and so right now we're on the third block right now so uh the regulation mark for the first one was d second one was e and now we're currently in f and so basically when rotation happens like every year it's the last two years of sets where they can just say from this point on, you're only using uh rotation mark uh E forward. So then all the D stuff is then rotated out. That can be used in their uh 
their legacy format expanded, but you can't use it in standard. And I think that's a like a, a nice clear way of doing that. But because um Flesh and Blood is a non rotating format, I really like that uh the legendary hero retire uh sort of thing. I think that's a really yeah, like we were saying, like, a clever way to do it. Which yeah, I mean it's definitely it it, it keeps it fresh. Mm-hmm. Um now on the 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 topic of Pokemon, I mean, that does seem it seems pretty close to what a, a magic rotation would be for standard. Yeah. Um and I, I just actually picked up a you know Pokemon deck as you know, and mm-hmm. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. It's I started playing Pokemon when I was eight, nine, ten years old. So this was uh, twenty, twenty-two, twenty-three years ago, and the Yu-Gi-Oh then was definitely uh, nothing like it is now. And as, you know, as you get older, and you know, you've played the game for so long, you get and you know maybe come like stop, step away. You come back and you see all these just weird variations of rules. You've got, mm-hmm. you know, your your rapid strike, your single strike, your fusion strike. You've got your VMAX, G, GX, and Vs. And I'm, it's confusing, but I think the essence of the game is still there, and and it's fun. Yeah. And it it's about drawing cards, and I love drawing cards. Drawing I love cards playing is my the hand, best. Drawing cards. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of it. And I also really appreciate how on Pokemon, uh, on their different cards, like I've got a VMAX in front of me. There's a little rule box at the bottom. It literally says when your Pokemon VMAX is knocked out, your opponent takes three prize cards. There's one for V. And even on your supporters, it tells you like the rules, basically. So it's quite literally reading the card explains what the card does. Which, yeah, that's very beneficial. Yeah, especially for new people because like Pokemon's such an easy... It's honestly, it probably should be baby's first trading card game if we're being totally honest because of how simple and yet super complex the gameplay actually can be uh, and how everything is spelled out for you. It's really good. Whereas like when I was learning Flesh and Blood, it was a way more complex um, learning curve for me because it didn't, it played so weird, so different from like any other game that I've played before. Um, the closest thing that I have is uh, with Vanguard, you've got your uh, your guarding steps. So like uh, when your opponent attacks, you can throw the cards down and apply that shield to your overall you know, guard, protect yourself from that. That's the only thing in common that I had. And so like it was weird for me to, to get used to thinking the way that Flesh and Blood requires you to think compared to other card games that I had. And uh, I will say that I wish that they uh, bumped up some of the... Uh, the text size on some of those cards because my eyes aren't the best but they're not the worst but reading that is kind of especially like the paragraphs are a little difficult yeah 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 i mean i i definitely agree with that um i so i dabbled in the the world of warcraft trading card game Ooh, that's one I, that's one i missed yeah. i wish i i wish i uh, learned about that one as far as I can remember, it was super fun, and it's like one of the it's one of those games I can kind of relate Flesh and Blood to. Okay. Uh, but I think if you're a card game player or you've been a card game player, Flesh and Blood is extremely easy to pick up. The only mm-hmm. real difficult part is like the rule set. It's some of there's some gentle like subtle, subtle nuances about the rules. Yeah. Uh, when you can do what is like one of the biggest. Yes. questions oh uh, like the guarding what in between like regular guard then you've got your attack reactions and defense reactions because like 
and to me intuitively i would just want to play my defense reactions anytime i'm defending but like there's like certain like steps in order to play them that was hard to get used to right i mean so yeah it's like you know um and I'm talking about Magic Gathering a lot, but I mean that's the one I'm most learned. And uh, you know when you when you attack, you go to you know declare attacker step, and then you you know you have priority, then you can pass priority, and your opponent does can do something. Then you go to blocker step, and then you know they you have pri- they you know they choose if they want to block. Uh, you have priority, and then they have priority, mm-hmm. and then it goes to damage. And then you know before damage is calculated. You know, you have priority, they have priority. So it's it's just, you know, concrete steps. Now, Flesh and Blood does have, okay, so, you know, you attack. They have the, you know, the chance to defend with cards from their hand, equipment, so, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. And then you get priority to use any attack reactions, um, if you you so had some, if you'd Mm -hmm. had some. Um, And, you know, then it would move to them. They can play any defense reactions. Uh, and if they do, you then the priority shifts again. You can play more attack reactions if if you if needed. Yeah. Now, but the but you do never go back to the uh, additional defense reactions. Uh, the way the steps work in the game, it's just it's confusing when we're talking about the usage of instants. Okay. Yeah. Because. There's no concrete steps like in the game. It, there's a there is a an action phase. Mm-hmm. A lot of cards will reference like at the beginning of the action phase. There's the action phase, and then you know whatever the end step is. I mean, I mean, the, the, you have a chain. You have a chain yeah. of attacks you can do, and then the end step. So a lot of issues with some players goes like, okay, well, so you've already attacked with everything. You say you're going to be done for the turn. Can I respond and play an instant? Because the game is so new, you don't have a lot of experienced or learned people to be able to make those correct judge judge calls. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, this is this is definitely. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. It's definitely something I saw an issue issue with at nationals, but we could talk about that a little bit later if need be. Yeah. Okay. So actually, I I would like for you to to go in a little bit more on that because I am not entirely sure I'm following. I thought I could play an instant whenever, right? Yeah, so you you can, um, but uh, it's more so on the fact of the judges not knowing a lot of the actual like the rules, uh, oh, because okay. it is not a an as establishes of a game yet. Um, mm-hmm. And I had a situation where I was playing against Briar. <laughs> yeah, know, funny enough. Yeah. Um, like with Katsu, the opponent used a card to give one of their attacks, you know, arcane damage plus one. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a play beforehand. They played a plunder run, which says that whenever um, the you know the next the next attack hits, you draw a card. So they hit me with the arcane um, when they played the that attack, and uh, immediately drew their card. Gotcha. Okay. So arcane damage is not considered as hitting the opponent. Yeah. Um, and he had a situation earlier where. He had that same judge call, and three separate judges told him that it did count for hitting in the in the um, in that situation. So we had to get the head judge and get that corrected. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's 
I think a little bit more clarification is needed in in a rule book. That's that's another thing. Um, where do you find the rules for this game? Because they don't come included with the blitz decks, which, in, in my opinion, should be like the the first thing that it should be included with. Like you have to like find it on the the website, right? Like dig in and and find like the the rules, right? Right. I mean, I know there's like quick start rules on the the web page. I imagine um, there's also probably a like a like Magic has like a gatherer that has uh, more uh, like in depth rules concerning certain cards. Uh, I imagine they have to have an in depth rule section. It just it's oh yeah, yeah I bet it's they just not probably. easily available. Yeah, because like I was trying to, I was originally trying to teach Andy how to play. Uh, well, that was before or. After Kyle, I tried to get him. But anyway, uh, so like, I just didn't have time to sit down and, and watch videos on how to do it because it was the only thing I could really do to learn how to play. Um, and then because I had I had some like uh some intro the blitz decks. Sorry, I had some blitz decks. I was like, All right, I'm gonna learn how to play these. And I just never got around to do it. So he was the one who Andy's the one who actually showed me how to play it. But like because I didn't have the the printed instructions in the in the blitz deck, I didn't. Uh, want to look look on the website or or anything to to figure out how to play? Uh, yeah, with the welcome decks, you they do supply you with like a a step by step basis of like like generally how a turn is supposed to go and like mm-hmm. you know the base the like the quick start rules, which is what I used when I first started playing. Um, you know, Mike, you know, again alluded to him earlier. He you know just gave me a copy and he's like, read it. You know, come back tomorrow. <laughs> we'll play some more games. Okay. It it seems like if I can, um, yeah. the the welcome decks, right? The the first four heroes. Those are not available readily anymore, <clears throat> and it seems like Legend Store Studios made these because you make them when you make a new game. You make starter decks, intro decks, whatever, and you include rules with them, right? But then the game didn't really surge in popularity until really around uh, Crucible and Monarch was when the game really hit its stride, especially in North America. Mm-hmm. But then they they don't, and this is a problem I kind of have. I I have a lot of issues with how they run their game, but um, they don't re-release these. <coughs> excuse me, they don't re-release these hero decks. They don't make new ones. They move over to these Blitz precons, which I get. It's easy. Blitz is kind of how you want to get new players into the game. But then you're Competitive events are all classic constructed, so there's not there's a sort of barrier of entry there for new players. Absolutely, yeah. To to pick up these blitz decks and say, okay, this is the game, <clears throat> and then they bring it to, and most places, at least around here, primarily run blitz. But say you're going out of town or to your friend's LGS or what have you, mm-hmm. and you bring your blitz deck and you think you have everything figured out, and then they go, oh, well, we're playing CC. And there's like a there's a non-zero chance that you just might not have heard of that before. Yeah, absolutely. And that's another issue I have, like with the game. I mean, the game is new. It's it's, it's a fledging, if you know, it's, it's a budding. It's it's a baby. game. Yeah. Right. Um. There's not a lot of communication. Um. Apart from going on, you know, just like any other game, like subreddit. Your you know your subreddit. There's not a lot of information about it. You know, only what you hear in your community. Like that's the biggest thing. Well, before you expand on that, I want to interrupt you because they they communicate, but the only way they communicate, 
excuse me, the only way they communicate, edit that so I don't sound like an idiot, the only way they communicate <laughs> is by going, this set is out of print and it's never going to get printed again. Panic! You know, like, <laughs> the giant, giant Crucible of War picture that says out of print on it. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, they have really bad optics. You know, and anyone who's played, anyone who's worth their salt in the TCG community knows that sets go out of print. Those sets were in in print for years, multiple so years. So long, yeah. Where a Magic the Gathering set and a Pokemon set get printed for six months. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. I mean, um, like, I'll try it. No, I was just going to say, and then like, Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, Vanguard, uh, really most other Japanese TCGs get one print run. Yep. The, the set is printed one time. And then guess what? It's out of print. And, and uh, that's so <clears throat> what people are used to for those games that it's a huge deal when Bushiroad goes, oh, we're going to print more Genesis of the Five Greats. We're going to mm-hmm. do a second wave of it. That's how popular it was. And it was a huge boom for how great the game was doing. And everyone was so excited that, wow, they're printing a second time to get more players into it. That's fantastic. And then, you know, they loaded the gun and shot themselves in the foot. But People need to wrap their head around that cards going out of print, sets going out of print, is fine. Relax. <laughs> just, well, just... I think uh, like a lot, a lot of people aren't also taking into account. Like, I mean, Legend Story Studios, it's not the biggest of companies yet. It's not like you know Magic the Gathering; they have sets printing like everywhere, and they still get it wrong. But uh, <laughs> yeah. no, no, I mean, like they need to free up these these printers for their newer sets, and we don't. I mean, I don't know if they've been, you know, um, open about like how far they they are, you know, they're working in advance. I don't know if it's like, you know, just like uh, Magic works, you know, what is it? Two years. Two is it two years? Two, yeah, two, uh, years. two or three. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, how they're, yeah, how far in advance they are. So, I mean, look I mean, how far ahead Pokemon works too. It, it's like, I I have to assume that LSS functions at least two sets ahead of where they are now which mm-hmm. is why it's hard for them to gauge how to reprint things because these sets are already finished and they're such a young company and it's such a young game and they don't have these like these heavy hitters on their teams. They don't have these like big wig game designers. I mean, the biggest person in their ear is Rudy from goddamn Alpha Investments, <laughs> you know, which is a whole nother thing we can <laughs> we can talk about. But mm. it's it's <clears throat> I have a lot of issues with how they run their game. And I think it's just because I love the game so much. It's far and away my favorite TCG that I've ever played. And and I've got Magic the Gathering tattoos. You know, like I, I've played Magic for a long time. It'll always be special to me. But this game is, in my opinion, it's, it's the best, it's the best card game. And, and I just, I really feel like I'll take it personally if they f- continue to fumble it into a, a place that makes it unplayable for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, so go go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I don't expect them to actually do that to like to mess up. I mean, just the the sh- the whole um, this whole like recent company, the Callings. I mm-hmm. mean, that no one else like Magic wasn't taking the opportunity to to do bigger events like this. I mean, they they seize that opportunity and oh yeah, you know they put what was it a million dollars in prize support a million for the, dollars their first ever like dabble at this. Um, and and it's going to be more than a million dollars next year. Yeah. I think thirty-two of 30, them next year. Thirty-two callings in the in the United States. Holy cow! So in the Midwest, there's going to be a lot. Yep. Um, wow. The, I mean, they're doing things right. They're acknowledge just like with dust. I mean, um, Dustblade, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, they acknowledged that, you know, they believed the card was a mistake. Um, which I mean, a lot the, of the name of the article was we messed up, you know, right. <laughs> like <laughs> and I, I do think, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, Justin. It's, it's big of them to, to come out, to come forward and say that and to ban this thing before it gets out of hand in glass constructed. Now mm-hmm. uh, this shows me a similar thing that happens in magic and it, absolutely happens in Yu-Gi-Oh! and sometimes other card games where they have their internal playtesting. And that's all fine and good, and they do a lot of internal playtesting. You can tell because the game is very smooth. But every once in a while, something slips through the cracks. Mm-hmm. You know, And I have to think that if, if Rosetta Thorn did one arcane damage, I, I don't think Briar would be as good as she is. You know, And it, it's just little things like that. Yep. Where if Briar's hero power only triggered on elemental cards and and earth and and whatever her other element is cards, lightning. lightning, I don't think it would be such a big problem. But the fact that I can go, you know, <clears throat> nimbleism, plunder, run, snatch with go again for for seven, yep. and 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 that's insane. Yes, I mean it is absolutely insane. It's just it's. It's too much. It's it's too much, and I just I don't want to. I I come down hard, and that's I mean you people know this. I come down hard on a lot of things very often, <laughs> but it's because I'm passionate. Passionate. It's because I care. You know, it's and for as much as I think that Legendary Studios is mistreating uh, certain aspects of how they're handling things, mainly means of production and their their optics, they are doing a lot right. And 2021 mm-hmm. was a, a very good example um, of everything they did right. I think Tales of Aria, except for a, a couple things with Briar, I think Tales of Aria was a, a knock-it-out-of-the-park set. I agree. Limited is super fun. Draft, I should say. Draft is super fun. And it, it's a fun set to open, I I, I think. You know, it, it, and I like that it's very... And this, I'm going on a tangent. And, and <laughs> people, people get upset about things going out of print and whatnot. But these sets, these new sets, I'm, I'm going to use Monarch and Tales of Aria as an example, are are rather self-contained. They really are, yeah. Yeah, I mean they're 100 self-contained. Yeah, and, and outside of mistakes, uh, and, and there are cards that are mistakes, and they happen in every single game. It, it's like perfect example, uh, Magic. They printed Oko. Uh, and then they printed, <laughs> and then they printed Uro in the next yeah. set, right? So, so green, so Simic, green, blue, busted. Those two cards, too good, can't do it. Um, Vanguard, they printed, uh, they printed Derek, mm-hmm. and then they and printed Leonard, Leonard, Leonard or, or Leonard vice versa. They printed Leonard, yeah. and then they printed Derek, right? Uh, I'll be it's, honest with you, and I don't mean to interrupt, but from all the names I've heard from that game, those two names are like the most, like. Normal, like normal. Oh, the whole deck is all white boys. The whole deck, <laughs> Which it's is, all it's, it's all white boys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's names you can't even pronounce, and it's just like, well, yeah, yeah I'm playing yeah, Derek and Leonard over here. Goddess of the Crescent, half waning moon, Suki Muki Muki, and then you got uh, <laughs> Matt, the football player. Matt, the Matt, the milkman. Yeah, exactly. The, so it's that whole deck is just it's all it's all white jocks. <laughs> so so you have these, you know, those are just two examples. Stuff like that is going to happen, and then you know, in 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 what's the game we're talking about? In Flesh and Blood, you had a card like Sonata happen, 
and then we go immediately into a set with a very powerful rune blade. So stuff like that's going to happen. Things are going to slip through the cracks. Mm-hmm. And it's not the end of the world, but I am going to call it out when it happens, because that's our job as players. It's our responsibility to go, hey, this is too much. This is too much of a good thing, and it's it's making this part of the game kind of kind of icky. That's a really good way of putting it, yeah. Right, and I mean, they just uh, the biggest thing is they need to find better ways. Like, the, I mean, we could all agree that the biggest issue with like tails is is Briar. Without I mean, Briar, yeah. So they, they've got to find better ways to deal with Arcane. Uh, playing these like Null Rune equipment, equipment, it's not, it's not great. I it mean, feels it, bad. Right. So if you're preventing the Arcane, you're getting rid of your resources, and you're going to lose for that way anyways, because they're going to kill you with. You know, brute and damage. All these mm-hmm. rune blades, exactly. All these rune blades have their damage split. I mean, I even viscerai, and I've been playing chain for uh, my past thirty to forty games have all been chain, and I've got an insane win rate with chain right now because he's just doing the same thing Briar is doing, but differently. Like mm-hmm. these rune blades all split their damage. Uh, viscerai less, but viscerai is less good. So I, I think that's that's part of it. So you look at briar and you look at chain and you think well i need to have equipment that guards but i also need to have equipment that has arcane barrier mm-hmm. and i don't have 300 dollars to drop on an arcanite skull cap and even then they're not ever guarding so how often is my skull cap even going to be active it, it's it's really rough and it puts the game in a position where people start calling for bans which i think is silly i, I don't think anything needs banned right now it does kind of get you thinking like you're going to lean in really hard on arcane damage as a mechanic. We've got four heroes that primarily function in the realm of arcane damage. Three rune blades and Kano. And Kano, you don't need to worry about blocking. But the other three rune blades, you need to have a way to mitigate both. Mm-hmm. And you want to be able to play your equipment in a way that lets your hero be able to do their thing. Because a lot of these heroes, yeah, you've got your generic equipments, but you also have your your Courage of Blade holds, right? And you've got your Snapdragon Scalers and and stuff like that. You want to be able to, you know, you want to be able to do your thing and not have it come at a consequence just because of the metagame. And I mean, like, Kano, I mean, he is a, you know, character that only, only deals in arcane damage, but he has, you know, the, like, I guess the the handicap, I guess, if uh, we'll say, of having, was it 15? 15 help in life in Blitz and 30 in Constructed. Mm-hmm. I mean, which doesn't seem as, as that substantial, but I mean, it is. I mean, it's a lot. It's a quarter of your life. Right, but decks like Briar, you know, can play all these cards and they can hit hard and they've got these split damage, you know, and then Chain. Chain is like the, in my opinion, the biggest offender. Sorry, Andy. Uh, no, I'm, just I'm, the, I'm the not playing it. free card draw every turn. I mean, there are, there are turns where, you know, you just you flip nothing. Sometimes you, know, you whiff, and, and those are the turns that you think, man, if only I still had seeds. But <laughs> but it happens, you know? Like, I'm not playing the deck because I look good playing it. You know what I mean? I'm playing it because it's strong and it's fun. Because it I take Flesh cool. and Blood seriously. It does, it does look cool. All the Shadow Runeblade cards look so cool. You know, yeah. and like the Shadow Brute cards look cool. But they do. Unfortunately, but... Levia is. Uh... She's uh. She's, she's something. Not... People love her, though. People love her, and I don't get it. She's just not her type. I guess. I mean, I, I feel like I've played against more Levias than I ever thought I would, and I've seen like more people that I turn onto the game. And they go, "Oh, what about this hero?" And, and you're not going to tell them no. 
You right, know? yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, you're not going to be like, She's well, really cool. The first hero you pick out, nah, she's trash. Don't play her, you know, because that's the recipe for them to not play the game at all. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. Levia is a perfect example of a hero that struggles to compete. And even, I'll use Datadoll as an example, too, uh, while we're talking about reduced resources. Datadoll's mechanic is that she gets items for free when she boosts them away, essentially, right? She has three intellect. That is to keep her in check so she's not just a better version of Dash. Mm. But it turns out that's not the right way to go about things. Yeah. Because now she's stone unplayable. So there's a there's a fine line that I just don't think they've found yet. And that's fine because there are five sets for this game ever. Correct. True. And this is a little bit off topic, but uh That's what we do. You know, being being a you know magic player. Yeah. Um as much as I try to quit the game, it always comes back. It's like yeah, you can't, you it's can't like get a, rid of it. It's like uh, you know, it's, it's like, like cancer, down down there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you just you just try, you try to get rid of it. It just keeps coming back. Uh, but a lot of the magic players, I think they, you know, that play this game or have started playing this game, they just think that it becomes a little bit boring because play patterns aren't very different. Um, I mean, because there's such a small card pool. I mean, your deck does one thing. I mean, it does one sure. thing. There's no variance. I mean, uh, I you know I was listening to you guys, one of your guys' podcasts. Uh, you were talking about Vanguard, how it's I think it was Vanguard. You were talking about how it's like super like RNG dependent. Yep. I think yep. sometimes you need that of not being too much is you know is it's obviously going to make you you know dislike the game. But I I I don't like how streamlined flesh and blood seems it's still like my favorite card game to play currently uh, well pokemon might might take that we'll see <laughs> okay but i do like some sort of variation with how my games are gonna go like uh i'm a control player at heart so you know winning with a planeswalker one game winning with one creature while i'm you know denying you your resources or mm-hmm. you know keeping you under control sometimes hey. those are fun hey buddy when i play oldham sometimes i kill you with the hammer sometimes i deck you out <laughs> Sometimes I come across with a spinal crush for fourteen with dominate. Okay, it's all relative. Those are all win conditions. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. <laughs> my my hope, and this is far fetched, but that they may make Cavdan and the merchant cards like a control hero, like the gold, the copper, and all that stuff. I, I mean, the copper it. obviously draws you cards, but. Yeah, copper's bad. You know, copper is there to play your cash in, but I'd like to see something. And maybe I'm putting too many of my eggs in one basket. And maybe it's because, like, every card game I play right now, besides Pokemon, is, like, people are upset with it in in some respect. But I, I really want Everfest to shake things up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do, too. Um, as far as I'm, like, I can think... There's no hero that, like, directly deals with your graveyard. I mean, Levia takes, I mean, like, some of the, you know, some of her cards say, okay, we'll banish X amount of cards from the graveyard at random. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see maybe a hero that that mingles with your graveyard. I'd love that. That is yeah, so jam. Yeah, pretty cool. Is that not essentially chain, though? No, it's true. It is. And it, without the RNG, yeah, probably. But. Yeah, I mean, because Chain is like, yeah, you don't get to interact directly with your graveyard, but you have a second graveyard that's just, you know, it's... Maybe 
maybe like a hero power saying that you can cast one card from your discard pile a, a turn sure sure like a once per turn yeah, the possibilities are are endless. But here's what here's something else too. That well, I don't know where this conversation has gone, but it's it's very far <laughs> yeah, it's off of far, the it's outline. Gone it's gone. Yeah. yeah. So the if when you look at the heroes, all however many heroes there are, and you look at let's say, <clears throat> excuse me, let's say I don't know, pick a hero from Welcome to Wraith. Pick one. Bravo. Bravo. Look at Bravo. I don't know why you picked Bravo, but okay. Look at Bravo. <laughs> Bravo says what? Uh, you pay some pitch, your next thing has dominate, right? Very simple. Very one sentence. That's what he does, okay? Then look at Lexi. Mm. Words who out. has a full college thesis for her hero power. <laughs> I hope that stops. Yeah. I thought the Crucible heroes were, were very good. Because they were a little more complex without being too much, but then they were also generally unplayable. And you could say Kasai is playable. Every Kasai I've ever seen just looks like a bad Bravo de- or a, a bad Bolton deck to me. Okay, so I, I don't know about that. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, fight me, internet. But <laughs> you, but they, I, I like the Crucible heroes. Uh, let's take Benji. Take Benji for an example. I think Benji's great. Benji lacks card pool to be good because all the ninja cards, all of them, are katsu cards. Now, Ira can play the katsu cards and be fine because her hero power is the, literally the simplest thing in the game. It's like four words. And she doesn't care about combo. She's just, she's strong because she gives plus one attack to something. Where Benji, you need to build in a certain way and he doesn't have cards to really, really get behind that yet because all the ninja cards are generally good for Katsu, because they're, they're really interacting with the combo mechanic, and, and that's fine. I think it's good, but I'd like to see more heroes just in that vein, like a, a class that already exists, but looked at from a different direction. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, in that too, and I'd also like to see a little bit more variation on how you can build a hero. I mean, the best, the easiest way to do it is, like, promote a certain ways to play with their specializations. Um, Katsu and Prism come to mind as like heroes that can play a few different ways. I mean, you can have a very go-wide Katsu deck, you can be a more controlly like tank Katsu. Um, you know, Prism, you can play, you know, like the, the whole control aura deck. Or you can have, you know, like, oh, I'm going to hit you with a big attack multiple times, or, you know, mm. that, you know, that type of aggro-y... Yeah. Pummeled for Kitol, 15 Kitol on, Kitol turn, on, yeah. on turn right. one, yeah. Just think I would like a little bit more variation. So when you go up against, and that does make like sideboarding difficult, but going against a, I don't know, same, like a a Briar deck, you've got one that focuses on actually big attacks. Yeah, I mean, Earth Briar, work, absolutely, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, Earth Earth Briar was the, I mean, you had three, you had three Briar lists. You had traditional Briar, Earth Briar, and then this Cheerios Briar. The Cheerios Briar is the, the breakout deck of the tournament, but the Earth Briar, I think if the Cheerios Briar was not as popular as it was, the Earth Briar deck was going to be the one that we saw win Nationals and the Calling. Mm. Right, and but, I think... But that's just me. You know, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. know. You know, as you get these bigger tournaments, I mean, you're going to see people, you know, build these 
decks that they see on you know like deck lists they see like these briar decks winning so everyone's gonna build that deck mm-hmm. I, mean, mm-hmm. I mean it's just like with any any card game and that's okay it is okay it's absolutely okay like and it's I okay th- it's okay to net deck you know like that's fine mm-hmm. and i think what's good though about you know the game in small communities like you know your l you know um you're like your car, local card gamers, uh, game stores, uh, is that people are willing to play different stuff. They play what mm-hmm. they like. Right. Yep. Yep. And that doesn't happen for like that often with games like Magic. I mean, you're seeing, you know, I stopped playing Modern recently because it was, you know, with the release of Modern Horizons 2, it was all Cascade decks. Yeah. Or you played like the Blue Red, you know, I'm going to tempo you and play my my fast monkey and get your stuff or when it does happen the decks are just a joke correct we're here at least they're viable right mm-hmm. you know and that's what i love about flesh and blood so much the game is the game is good it's got only only has room to grow it's got a um, lot of room to grow yep i would like to see maybe channel fireball you know get a little bit better i mean they've been around the scene before with magic i mean they were big with magic yeah, um, Channel Fireball's fine. I want to see Star City Games grab this. Grab Star this City game. Games is the one that you really want to see. I want to see Star City with. Games grab this. And the fact that they are carrying the game, they're hosting events at their local store, at their local level. They hosted the national, or the, the uh, they hosted a skirmish event. Um, yeah, I think that Star City Games, if they start to host some of these events, that's going to be really good for the game. Uh, they know what they do, and they do it super well, and you have to pay a little more for their cards for it. But that's okay. I don't even care. Um, because they <laughs> have events down to a T. Yeah, they are, in my opinion, like, the best. Yeah. Yeah, tournament organizers. Yeah, so, okay, well, uh, that conversation really got away from me. Yeah, uh, it just I, means I, we'll have to have another episode with you on, Justin. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, so let's, uh, let's, let's wrap this bad boy up. We're going on an hour. So Justin, one, thanks for coming on. Um, yeah, thank you. Anything you want to leave the four people that listen to this podcast with anything you want to say to them, uh, yeah. About flesh and blood about, well, you know, just keep it about flesh and blood. Let's not get crazy. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, if you've been a little bit, um, you know, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you're not like really sure if you want to play Flesh and Blood or not. Give it a Hesitance. try. I mean, the game is is so cheap that I mean, you could build a very competitive deck for you know under fifty dollars. Really, uh, you know, give it a shot. I mean, grab some friends, play it. It's. I don't think it's going to go anywhere anytime soon. It's. It's. A, I mean, yeah. It's only going to keep growing, keep getting up, uh, get better. Uh, they're gonna. They I mean they do seem like they listen to the community, which is which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's super fun. I mean, I really enjoy it. Well said. Yeah, well put. All right, uh, Cole, take us out, man. All right, and I'll interrupt <laughs> you when I got stuff to say. But take take us out. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> uh, real quick. Uh, if you want to review our podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. You can review it in any place that allows you to leave a review. Just say, hey, these dudes are awesome, and it lets other people know that uh, there's this awesome podcast that they're missing out on, and they can listen to that. That would be great. Uh, if you want to visit our website, if you're playing Vanguard, uh, I know that uh, GC Grain up 
uploaded or updated the deck builder. So now we've got Lyrical and Shaman King stuff in the in the deck builder. If you wanted to mess around with that and export that to TTS, you can definitely do that. And, and the Sealed Blazeman trial deck also. Oh, true, true, true. Um, if you want to give us a couple dollars, it helps with hosting fees and whatnot. That's patreon.com slash drivecheck, all one word. Uh, or, you know, drivecheck is a one word. Um, that really helps because uh, hosting two podcasts gets a little expensive. Um, and we got stuff on YouTube. Just search Drive Check Podcast. You should be able to find us on YouTube. There's not a lot there right now, but uh, uh, eventually there will be more. It's been a lull. It's it's no it's it was November and now it's December. Give us a break. Yeah, give us a break. Uh, if you want to watch live gameplay or watch us recording the Drive Check Podcast live and talk about Vanguard, you can do that uh, at Twitch.tv/Drive underscore Check. Uh, give a good old follow for that, and then you'll get notified when we go live if we're playing, uh, like Pokemon or Flesh and Blood or Vanguard or anything like that. You'll you'll get notified when we do that. Uh, if you want to send an email to us about how wrong we are or how right we are, which is very rare, I could always use more positive, uh, emails. That's drivecheckpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, and then if you want to tweet at us, it's drive underscore check. I am at Cole underscore McCune, C-O-L-E underscore M-C-C-U-N-E. And uh, who wants to go next? Yeah, so if you want to get a hold of me for whatever reason, I can yell at you about some cards. Uh, just do it through Discord. If you're not in the Discord, why not, first of yeah, all? Yeah, it's um, free. But, it, but if you're not, it's Nerdbane, message code 4526. Uh, but a link to the Discord in the show notes. Also in the show notes for this episode is going to be a little straw poll, a little survey. We've been pulling the show in a lot of different directions, and the feedback has been mostly positive, uh, but I do say mostly. So I, I want to know what you guys think. I posted this straw poll in the Discord page, but, but I want to give it an opportunity to people that aren't in the Discord to check it out. So the poll will be up indefinitely. Uh, there's no reason to close it. So just it's just, you know, what do you want from us? Kind of what mm -hmm. do you want to hear us talk about for an hour every week? So yep. do me a favor and, and fill that out. And uh, before before we go to Justin for the final uh, goodbye, um, I do want to mention, I keep forgetting to put it in the doc, but uh, we are sponsored by Procyon Gaming. We are. Uh, they they make uh, some pretty sweet uh, dice for like your number counting in Vanguard or like your triggers and whatnot. Uh, you can find them by Googling uh, P-R-O-C-Y-O-N, Procyon gaming and you can find their etsy store or their website and at the checkout just put drive check all one word and you can get 10 percent off your order uh that little bit helps us uh with podcast fees so it'd be greatly appreciated if you wanted to get some uh some custom dice uh for a significant other they are so nice i i cannot praise those dice enough they're, they're one of my favorite things great dice weird name but great dice so definitely <laughs> definitely check out the dice Yeah. For sure. Uh, all right, Justin, would you like anyone to find you anywhere? Yeah, I mean, the best place to find me is uh, uh, on Discord as well. Um, I'm Jimmy Space Dean, like the sausage guy, <laughs> number 4008, <laughs> so 4008. Uh, you know, I had a lot of fun on this. Uh, you know, a little bit nervous to start, but it, you know, it was, was a good time. Um, you know, I appreciate being on, and definitely somebody I'd like to, to join in and help on, you know, some other time. It'd be awesome. Well, hey, thanks for coming. And yeah. uh, guys, let us know if you like Justin, if you hated him, uh, especially if you hated him, because then he'll never be back again. 
That's par for the course for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next next week is our last episode of the what was supposed to be a deck building series, um, and it's <clears> it's, <throat> it's going to be our matches gathering. No, it's okay. We got we've gotten off topic with literally every episode. Uh, Magic the Gathering, and we're gonna have uh, so far who people seem to really enjoy when he was on last time. Uh, Kyle, my uh, our buddy Kyle, friend of the show, yeah, Kyle, and uh, resident dredge scumbag for Magic the Gathering. So yeah, he'll be on when he played against bats. I will talk about when he played against bats. <laughs> 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 so we will see you guys next week. I think if everything's going according to plan. Um, yeah, little little. To cap on the end cap there, uh, next week we'll have uh, an episode. The week after that, we'll do something special. Taking a week off for Christmas. Do not expect an episode to come out on the 24th or the 25th. And then we'll see you guys in 2022. So enjoy your holiday. Uh, stay safe. Get your booster shot. Okay. Amen. Thanks, Thank guys. You guys. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Bye.